hello everybody and welcome once again to Linux in the Ham Shack. It's been a while since we've had a chance to record. Life has been truly challenging. And uh, before I introduce Russ, I want to read a couple of a couple of things I found that uh, folks are writing about Russ. Let's see. Uh, Gandhi wrote that Russ's delivery is truly transcendent. Transcendence, what uh, Gandhi has to say about Russ. We have another one here that was written by a, a fellow. Yeah, okay. Master Yoda says, grasping the concepts of the universal operating system, you have. Okay, and last but not least, uh, Lady Gaga says, Russ, call me. I have something to show you. Five, five, five. Never mind. Okay, with that, let me go ahead and introduce my partner in crime up there in the Pine Valley, yeah, far up north, the one who gets to go to all the wonderful things and meet you people because I have no legs. Russ, K5TUX. And that would be me, very tired me from the Pine Forest in north central Arkansas. This is Russ, K5TUX, and I'm going to let Richard talk for a little while because he's going to dump it back on me here in a little bit. Soon as he doesn't have his email ready, I'm going to say, take it away, Russ. I'm going to try and okay. have it ready uh, ahead of time tonight. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, since Russ is probably still shuffling his papers or something, or I'm going to make him wait because he's already got his email ready, let me tell you all about an experience I had this week. I had a few emails with her from over at Shackbox. Now, we've been promoting Shackbox. We tell you all, go use Shackbox. It's one of the greatest. It's going to... It has potential. It's going to turn into one of the premium Linux distributions as far as operating systems. And we keep advising y'all to go on over there. Now, we're not going to stop you from going over there and checking out Shackbox. It is what we have said it is. But I was talking to her, and one of the things that he brought up to me was the fact that he's putting a lot of time and energy into this. And... Uh, Unfortunately, he's not receiving any donations. So how many shows do you know that ask you to send donations to other people? Last person I heard was Chess Griffin. And every Christmas he would say, send a donation to your favorite project. For those of you within the sound of my voice, if you have found Shackbox useful, go on over and uh, drop a donation on, uh, on her. If you haven't used it, download it, check it out. If you feel that it's good, go ahead and give him a few bucks. You know, I understand amateur radio operators are frugal. I am frugal myself. However, it's kind of like you join your local club. You join your local club not because it's the greatest club in the world and not always because you like all the people in the club, but the way I was taught, you join your local club to help pay for the repeater that you use. And if you're going to use that particular distribution, and I don't see any reason not to use it, go over and help her out. He has bills just like we do here, server fees and different stuff. And on the surface, it may not look that way, but you never know. Okay, that was my public service message for Shackbox. So we're going to move on to email. So what have we got on email this time around, Russ? We actually have quite a bit of feedback this time, and that's probably because we've been slacking and not around to take some of these emails and we actually have a voice comment, our very first one. So I'm real happy about that. I think it was the toll-free number that did it. Holy mackerel. Well, all righty. Why don't you roll that bad boy, and we'll be back on the other end of it, y'all. This is Rodney, call sign KJ4OHH, uh, 
formerly known before I got my license as Rodzilla on the forums and on the uh, Ustream. I was just wondering if uh, if you had covered Echolink in the past, or if not, uh, what options there are for Linux users. I did some searching and found there's uh, the main program is Windows only, but I also found uh, a source words project called Echo Linux, but uh, I don't know how how up to date it is or if it's been is still being maintained. So I was just wondering about uh, running Echo Link under Linux. Thanks. Well, all right, Rod. And uh, by the way, congratulations on your new license, KJ4OHH. He's been in here in the chat room for several shows here recently. Now, we did do a show concerning some of the stuff. I'm not sure we did a segment specific to Echo Link. I may be wrong. Uh, but at this point, the only ones that I have been able to find is Echo Linux and another one called QTEL. Now, QTEL's kind of old, and Echo Linux's development is kind of slow. So for those two particular solutions, you may want to check into them before you uh, go ahead and jump into it. Now, as far as the actual Echo Link program, I've never run it under VirtualBox or uh, NWINE. I will check into that so that we have that information in the future. But uh, we will have to, at this point, say the other two programs that I was talking about a minute ago will probably be your best options to get started. That's one of those things that, unfortunately, really hadn't taken off on the Linux side. So uh, what do you think about Echo Link on Linux, uh, Russ? I've heard a few people say that they are successfully running Echo Link under Wine, using Linux, and I've heard other people say that they have nothing but problems with that kind of setup. So I guess you can try it under Wine. Your mileage may vary, and you may have success with it, and you may not. It looks like the Echo Linux project is under cqinet.sourceforge.net, and they apparently have a conference bridge product called The Bridge and Echo Linux, which uh, combine... VOIP technology with amateur radio, and I haven't explored those, and I haven't explored the Windows version of Echo Link or Echo Link either. Right now, your best bet may be to use the Windows product. I'm not really sure, but you're certainly willing to give Echo Link under Wine a try, and try the SourceForge project, and see if any of them work for you. And if you do get some experience with either one of those, uh, you should let us know how it goes, and we'll. Report on your adventures with Echolink. And we will be checking into that. That's one of the things we've fallen down on. There's another thing that I'll talk about in a few minutes that uh, we're going to be looking into. The bridge, I was going to start working with the bridge before I ended up uh, majority Linux over here. Unfortunately, the way the servers are set up at Echolink, they'll only accept a connect one connection per IP address. So uh, that makes it kind of difficult. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and give those three options a shot. Give us some time to check into it. We will do our best to uh, get you squared away on that. I'm not even going to say the word that everybody is expecting to pop out of my mouth. So what else do we have, Russ? As I said, we have quite a few more here. I'll hit the next one I've got, which is from K. Um, what is it? KJ4OHH? Is that what it is now? Mm-hmm. That guy gets around. Yeah, he sure does. But we've got an email comment, or actually a post in the forum, it looks like. 
And it says, it's kind of uh, technical here, so I may just cut this down and get to the meat of it and then post the rest of it to the show notes. But it says, those of you using 64-bit versions of Ubuntu may be familiar with the GetLibs program that automatically grabs 32-bit libraries for programs you install outside of the repository. The problem I came up against with using Linux Mint 7 64-bit is GetLibs or GetLibs could not find the 32-bit libraries to download. I did some Googling and found out that when you run GetLibs under Linux Mint 64-bit, it's only checking the Linux Mint repository, which only contains packages specific to Linux Mint. All other packages are retrieved straight from the Ubuntu repositories. On an Ubuntu system, to grab the 32-bit libraries for a 32-bit program you just installed, you'd normally type GetLibs name of the program. Linux Mint 7 is directly compatible, so run it, to run it on Linux Mint, you have to type it uh, switch dash dash distro Ubuntu dash dash release jaunty. And that sounds a little technical, so I'm going to put that in the show notes. But basically, you can use GetLibs for Mint, but uh, you're basically getting applications from the Ubuntu repository, and so you have to specify that. So... Thanks to Rodney for giving us that information, and I did want to congratulate him as well for his uh, recent ticket, KJ4OHH, and thank him for giving us this email, and I will put the information in the show notes so everybody can partake of this if they happen to be running a 64-bit version of Linux Mint. Yeah, Russ lost me at 32-bit. I'm glad he answered that one. I didn't really answer that one. I tried to get through it without going completely technobabble, but... <laughs> VK5HZ says Echolink does work under wine. So, yeah, so uh-huh. VK5HZ is one of the people who had success with it, <laughs> so you're one of the lucky ones. Or go over and check uh, uh, Wine HQ. They ought to have it. Well, let me see if I got anything here, because I'm feeling left out, because I didn't, like, have that much. No, I ain't reading that one. It's too long. I'm going to make Russ do it. You're assuming I have it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, let's do this one. This one's from Joe. NE3R. Joe jumps in here every once in a while and sends us a message. Uh, I've been listening to your Linux and Hamshack podcast all day. Well, you can't listen to it all day because you would be short five hours. However, we appreciate the effort. I still use an old TNC. Guess what? Its firmware was from the 80s, and most of them are. The two ham radio things I do with Linux are Zastar with an MFJ TNC and Classic Packet using Minicom. The TNC does all the work one of these days. I'll get the time to configure sound modem and build an AX25 kernel that basically turns your Linux box into a super powerful TNC. A guy in the next town does all sorts of neat things with this and APRS. He has scripts to read traffic data from the highway department and sends it out as APRS packets. He also runs satellite ground, a satellite ground station. I'm listening to episode 13, so all day was only half the day. I'm listening to episode 13 now. He signs at 73 to E, Joe, N-E-3-R. 
Well, thank you, Joe. And yes, you're the kind of listener that we need help. We need help from you. I'm a longtime packeteer. Unfortunately, I've been at a loss since I moved over to Linux because uh, most of the how-to's and stuff out there are ten, at least ten years old. Some of them twenty years old, and it's kind of difficult to sit down there and do every single thing. Uh, going recompiling kernel is normally beyond the scope of what most people want to do and that kind of stuff and yes i understand if they want to do it bad enough they'll get in there and do it however uh, most of these tnc's you're correct do have the firmware built in so if you decide to run uh, modem to modem terminal to terminal uh, packet back and forth with each other there that's easy enough because all you need is a dumb terminal to be able to do that the aprs on the other hand is a different matter but thank you for that information, and if you get the opportunity, please contact me because if I can't get somebody to write a tutorial, I need some help writing one. What do you think about that one, Russ? I don't really have much to add because I haven't uh, been dealing with packet radio or APRS at all for quite some time. So I'm going to let your comments stand. Okay, what else you got, Russ? Well, I still got a bunch of stuff. Do we want to deal with these ones about Acer? Uh, I haven't seen them. You haven't seen them? I don't know. I guess these came to me. Yeah, they sure yeah. did. I'm not sure I want to deal with these, but... Oh, no, these are these were posted at the forum. You sure you didn't see them? Um, I did not see them. I wonder why I did not get them. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to check that out. All right, well, these were posted in the forum at blacksparrowmedia.com. This first one is from Ken, WA3FKG, and he says, I picked up this message from one of my many mailing lists that I subscribed to and thought you might bring this up in the show and see if anyone else had encountered this type of problem. And he's quoting a message that someone on a mailing list got back from Acer Technical Support that said, if you happen to buy a system from Acer with Windows installed on it and you decide to change that, to a Linux operating system, you have basically voided your support with Acer. This is basically a, um, I wouldn't call it a bash session for Acer, but it's definitely a call to arms and a don't buy from Acer if you're going to use Linux kind of thing. Now, I'm not comfortable with bashing Acer because I haven't experienced this, but if anyone out there has seen this kind of thing from Acer, we would like to get some confirmation of it. So what do you think? actually tell you the truth i have not seen those emails like i said but i did hear them talking about it on another show that right there i can see how it would void the uh, software portion of it the operating system portion of it but i do not see how it would uh, void the hardware portion of course they may be like i don't know yahoo and in bed with microsoft but i'll tell you at this point we are going to have to research this before we can make many more comments about it, and I'm going to have to get over to the uh, to the forums and check that out. That's another one of those we'll keep you posted kind of things. All right, I've got a quick one here I can do, and then if you've got more, we can pick up with you. But I've got a. Uh, I have one more. All right, you have one more. Well, let me do this one real quick then. It's not really a post or anything. We got a ping back saying that Tony Malloy. And I believe there is a call sign associated with Tony, but I don't know what it is offhand. 
these are pingbacks that indicate he retweeted and talked about us on Identica when episode 19A came out. So I want to thank Tony for rebroadcasting our information and helping to get us out there. Oh, yeah. And it's like I keep telling y'all, blog about us, tell your friends about us, and all this other stuff. And, in fact, uh, the one I'm looking at was on Identica. And Ident- our Identica friends are growing in leaps and by leaps and bounds. Uh, that's what a lot of the uh, actual Linux guys, unlike us, pseudo-Linux guys, use as opposed to Twitter. But, yes, Tony Malloy retweeted us on the 12th of August. So thank you, Tony. And, yeah, all of y'all, go out there and blog about us, tweet about us, tell them everything you can about us, make them sick of hearing of us, and then we'll have no listeners. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not right. Something like that, but, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, the last one I got over here is from uh, Damon, NN7B. been a while since we heard from Damon. Let me just get into it. Great episode, folks. I had a question for you guys. Which packet program do you use for Linux? I've been trying to become compatible with the local Aries program. I believe they are a Windows terminal. You use a Windows terminal to send through WinPack or other compatible software. But I'm not sure what to use in Linux. I understand it uses AX25 format, I think even though there is some AX25 programs in the Ubuntu repository, I don't know how to get it to work. I use FLDigi with a home-built Vox interface from my sound card to the radio that has been working great with my old ADI 2-meter base rig not needing a NC. I think it means TNC. Any advice on the subject? Question mark. I look forward to each podcast and learned about Linux from you guys, and now only have one out of five computers at home with Windows on it for the kids to play their games. Thanks again for all your effort and contribution to the awesome hobby. 73's Damon NN7B. All right, let's work this backwards, Damon. Having all your computers on Linux is, is great, but... In answer to the rest of the question, for the most part, when I was still doing packet hot and heavy, I was uh, running a Winlink Classic uh, BBS for uh, the national traffic system for a while. Uh, when I got off that, I started to run a, a, a Telpac and PacLink station. Uh, unfortunately, I had to do those on Windows until uh, after helping these guys beta test their stuff forever and a day, they wouldn't let me move up to the next piece of software. Now, having said that, as far as AX25 under Linux, it can be complicated, especially with a sound card. Another one of those projects that's on the table is I'm going to try and get the uh, AGW packet engine to run under Wine. If I can make that happen, then uh, all these other programs will work fine. There is a sound card driver in the kernel that can be turned on to run AX25, but it's my understanding that it doesn't work very well. So, running packet under uh, Linux, you probably want to run a TNC instead of sound card because a TNC in KISS mode will serve much, much better. 
once again, we're going to gather all this information up and we'll probably end up doing eight or 10 shows just on packet. If we ever get it all figured out and we can get some of these guys that are out there running it, uh, pointing some of that information our direction. All right. And that's pretty much all the email I have this time around. Uh, have you got anything else over on that side, Russ? Yeah, I've got one that's complaining about you. This is from KF5BCM, uh-huh. and it says, Listening to Linux in the Ham Shack number 15, and I apologize if it's been fixed since, but please put a noise gate on Richard. It wasn't as noticeable when listening through speakers, but my wife recently purchased a Bluetooth headset with A2DP for me, so I hear Richard breathing right in my ear while you're talking. 7-3 from David, K5, uh, KF5BCM. <laughs> okay note to self stop breathing <laughs> got it well the way i was going to go with it was to suggest that david and everyone else could put a little bit of uh donation in the till and we can come up with a noise gate for richard because russ and i were discussing a noise gate unfortunately that's another one of those things that uh the other show is not providing so uh as far as the breathing is concerned I'm sorry. So, uh, anything else on that one, Russ? I'm not. I'm not even going to address that one. I figured I'd leave that up to you since it, it it's twice now. So I, I I feel for you. I do. I've got one more, and then I think we can wrap this up. Okay. And this one this one doesn't disparage you in any way. You know, if if they're picking on me, they're leaving everybody else alone. <laughs> Uh, this one was also a post in the forums under Topics for Future Shows. Uh, so this one's actually useful. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you like this one. I think we should pick this up. You're going to want me to study. Go ahead. No, I don't think you have to study for this one. It says, okay. Future Topics. How about mobile installation hints? I recently installed a mobile in a minivan, and I'm still having trouble on HF while transmitting. Hi, SWR. I remember that one. I sent him a, a short message back, and yes, we probably need to scoop together mobile installation. In fact, I I may end up covering it over on the other. We'll 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 get that one figured out. There's so much to a mobile installation; it doesn't take long, but there's a lot of parts involved: right power lead, running the coax, spending money on a radio. Right. Well, you can do that over on your podcast, and then when we come back, we can just dub it in and then put a bid in how to uh, power a netbook off of 12 volts so you can have Linux in the mobile. Actually, I have an answer to that question. Answer to the powering the netbook. Go buy one of these. Can you see it? No, I can't see it, but I'm guessing it's a voltage inverter. Yes, it is. It plugs into... Well, cars don't have cigarette lighters anymore, but it Power plugs ports. into the closest metric equivalent, <laughs> and it's got a plug on the back. It's 150 watts, and I got it at the Walmart. No, we don't do Walmart. Well, you may not do Walmart. Well, My I know income, you, you, your income comes from Walmart. I know they write your paycheck or whatever. No, actually, no, they, your paycheck comes from somewhere else, but you spend all your time in Walmart. My paycheck comes from Kansas City Hallmark greeting cards. Thank you very much. But most of my, I make my money there. I spend my money there, so I don't have too many choices. Well, that's all I've got. I think we are probably at the point where we can move to a little bit of interstitial music and let people sit back. And when we come back on the other side, we are going to have our interview with Bethlyn Eicher from 
the Ohio Linux Fest. mentioned before, we are able to do an interview tonight with Beth Lynn Eicher of the Ohio Linux Fest, and she has called in now, and we've got her bridged in with the group here and Richard. So we want to say hello and good evening to Beth Lynn. Well, good evening to you, 
Russ, Richard, and the rest of the Linux and Ham Shack audience. Hi there. And we do have a few other people in here tonight, and if uh, any of them happen to say anything, we can pass it on to you if they have any questions, and I'll put that forward now. If anybody has any questions for Beth Lynn at, uh, or about Ohio Linux Fest, feel free to post them in the chat room, and we will relay those and hopefully get some answers. So the first thing I'm interested in about Ohio Linux Fest is what your affiliation with the effort is, Beth Lynn. Well, I am both a corporate officer. I'm the treasurer of the Ohio Linux Fest, and I am the co-chair of the Ohio Linux Fest 2009. It's very exciting stuff. Our show is fairly new. We started last October, and neither of us actually lives anywhere near Ohio, though I do plan on being at Ohio Linux Fest uh, representing us coming up in late September. So how long has Ohio Linux Fest been going on now? We are in our seventh year, and I'm really excited about this year because we are celebrating 40 years of Unix. Can you believe it, gentlemen? (laughs) I can, actually. I've been in Linux and, well, actually started with Unix back in BSD Unix days back in 1987. So I've been in it for quite a few of those 40 years. Um, Richard, how long have you been doing this? Actually, I'm kind of new to it. Um, let's see. Uh, I ended up with half a distribution about seven years ago and then ended up with a full distribution probably about five and a half years ago. So I would say five and a half years because it was Debian and I had to learn fast. <laughs> okay, so you're a complete noob. <laughs> That's me. What do you mean by half a distribution? Did you just get half of the Lilo prompt where it just put L-I and that was it? Well, no, ma'am. I I have a friend that's a a computer tech. And uh, since then, he started his own company, come think of it. But uh, I was talking to him about Linux at a ham club meeting one night. And he says, hey, I got a couple of distros over at my house. So he burned them off and he brought me half a copy of Mandrake and half a copy of SUSE. And uh, I was able to get them loaded, but there wasn't any extras. And this was uh, right before we were able to have a high speed all over the place. Now, I, I'd, every two, three weeks, I download three or four distributions just to see what they've added to them. Well, we can tell that Beth Lynn has been involved in this for a while because she's talking about the Lilo loader, <laughs> which yes. uh, only certain distributions even care about anymore. That's what I was told to use, and I decided to be bad and use Grub. <laughs> well, we're all bad now. So anyway, um, back to the Ohio Linux Fest. Um, it's being held in Columbus. It's the last, the expo part is on Saturday, and then there are some learning opportunities on Friday. Can you speak to, you know, the kind of education that goes on on the Friday? Oh, absolutely. We've got quite a lineup of different tutorials for folks to get involved with. We have the League of Professional System Administrators who are holding quite a few tracks. There is an LPI certification cram for those who want to get level one certified. There is Black Magic and Troubleshooting for System Administration. This is a great class for those who see those system administrators who 
seem to do some sort of keyboard ninja and you want to get into the brain of somebody like that, yeah, Jonathan Billings is really like that. There is disaster recovery. Will you survive? That's definitely critical for this day and age. It's definitely not one of those soft topics that you want to blow off. There is spam filtering with open source tools. Definitely good stuff if you're putting together your own mail server. And those are your morning choices. In the afternoon, there will be the Linux Terminal Server Project that is actually taught by one of our keynotes, Sean Powers. He built quite a network out of absolutely nothing for a little school district up in northern Michigan. There is two more tutorials. There's the Advanced Security Assessment Tutorial, the LDAP Provisioning Tutorial, and that as far as the tutorial lineup goes. We're also uh, trying something new this year, which is actually starting the conference at 1 o'clock on Friday. The reason why we're doing that is there were a lot of people who would have to just take the, uh, the day off anyhow to cruise in from out of town so that they don't get so tired on Friday night coming right out of work that they just don't get to enjoy any of the Friday night activities. So what they do is they take off Friday and they come in and they're so excited to be there and they want to jump in and be a part of the Ohio Linux Fest and we wanted to accommodate them. Therefore, we're starting a whole track of talks right there Friday. There you go. Well, it's my understanding of these things. There's a, a whole lot more information to be uh, picked up than just the uh, speakers and that kind of stuff. I keep hearing stories from uh, uh, Southeast Linux Fest where the guys would get hang around afterwards and uh, talk computers deep into the night. Is that the kind of thing uh, folks are looking at if they come up there to Ohio Linux Fest? Oh, absolutely. The Southeast Linux Fest... I consider them my grandchild because they have taken a lot of the beauty that there is of the Ohio Linux Fest and injected their own spin on things and brought it down to the south and it it was most definitely a magical day, absolutely. I attended the Southeast Linux Fest. Did you, Richard? Well, unfortunately, I'm in Texas, so uh, Ohio and South Carolina are kind of far away. But uh, I do communicate with Dave Yates, and uh, I know that he's getting most suppressed for this. He's a real go-getter, but I know there were a lot of people that made that happen and made it a success. And uh, I look forward to hearing uh, about it next year. And uh, with any luck, I can get my thumb back in shape and get out there. Well, there's also a lot of people who make um, any of the Linux Fests a real success, and I'm sure Ohio Linux Fest is no different. 
and it definitely sounds like the Friday night uh, or the Friday day uh, learning opportunities are really great. But one of the best parts about any Linux Fest or uh, Linux conference is the just the people networking, getting to know all the people, whether they're just enthusiasts or whether they're using it for business or whatever. What kind of uh, attendance do you usually expect? We've consistently had well over a thousand guests for the past four years. Well, it definitely sounds like a uh, worthwhile crowd, and I'm sure they spend a lot of time wandering around and getting to know Linux and spreading the wealth, as it were. So, do you know how many vendors um, or you know uh, exhibitors are going to be there? And if uh, there are any particular ones you want to mention that. Uh, maybe have a high profile for Ohio Linux Fest? We have Novell back with us for, oh, geez, the, the past five years now. It, it's really phenomenal, the support that we've gotten from those folks. Uh, Google, again, back with us, awesome. And we have Digium, who is a voiceover IP company who doesn't do this proprietary Skype thing. Cough. <laughs> be ta- we will be talking about VoIP on our open source solution stage. A lot of really great content from our sponsors that talking to the sponsors on the exhibitor floor is not to be missed because they, they do not bring the type of people that they usually would bring to a trade show where there's a bunch of stuffy suits who are there just because their boss sent them there. No, they bring people who are really excited to be there, really want to be there, they believe in community, and that's why they're there. Uh, so what is the, what's the core of a high Linux fest? Is it about open source and Linux, or is there a specific theme you're trying to address, or what, what's the the main underlying reason. What is the main underlying reason for the Ohio Linux Fest? We started as what we call an interlug gathering. Mike Maffey, the president of the Ohio Linux Fest, seven years ago decided that Ohio had these little lugs all over the place. There were bigger lugs in larger cities, but there were smaller lugs that would sometimes drive up to the bigger lugs to see a pretty cool talk, but then go home and say, well, gee, wouldn't it be great if we could all pool our resources together and put together a really excellent lug meeting, and why not just go ahead and invite all the lugs in Ohio. And while we're at it, why don't we just go ahead and invite anybody who's crazy enough to drive in? <laughs> well, little me from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania decided to drive in representing Western PA Linux Users Group seven years ago, and we've had quite a great time ever since. I think I'm going to find myself, well, I'm definitely going to find myself crazy enough to drive in this time. And I live uh, pretty close to Oklahoma, so it's going to be a, a good ride for me. But I, I definitely am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I'm glad to see that uh, y'all have a Linux Fest up there in Ohio, and uh, this is pointed more towards our listeners than anything else. Uh, you guys, uh, well, I'll give you the information, Beth, Beth Lynn. One of the, the largest amateur radio convention in the United States is held in Dayton, of all places. And uh, these guys that are interested in Linux that have made the trek to Dayton uh, can sure enough make it to uh, Columbus. I believe y'all are in Columbus. And check that out. I mean, I tell you, if I was, was going to be able to be there, it'd be worth my while to sit in on this podcast host and listeners unite session because I'm looking here and you got, uh, you're going to have Dave Yates and, uh, Link and, uh, some, some of the guys from HPR and the Linux cranks in the room all together. And, uh, I, I try not to, I try not to let my head swell because, uh, I'm kind of a unofficial crank. They let me come on and visit every once in a while. So they're, they're a bunch of great guys. Three thirty, gotta love them. <laughs> and all of, all this information, all of it. I mean, this is the kind of thing that, unfortunately, I'd have to drive, and it cost me seven hundred dollars in gasoline to get there. But uh, I sure enough would be uh, my. my my eyes would be rolling back in my head and I'd be dozing off driving home and everything else. Cause I'd have to see everything somehow or another. I, I said y'all were up in Columbus and you verified that for the folks that are listening. Can you, uh, give them a little bit, pin down that location a little bit more than, uh, we've been able to get so far. Well, first let's plug the web address. That's www.ohiolinux.org. And that is always the best way to start. And now, we are in the Arena District of Columbus, Ohio, which is right down the street from the Progressive Arena. Now, here's something that I just found out. How cool is this? The Pittsburgh Penguins, you know the hockey team? Uh They are having a game that... I believe is the first Blue Jackets game right down the street from us the Thursday before. So if anybody's crazy enough to show up the Thursday before the Ohio Linux Fest, there will be some serious penguin hockey going on. I think if anyone's crazy enough to come in there on Friday and Saturday, they can make an exception and come in on Thursday too, especially hockey nuts. You know how they are. We we got at least one guy in the chat room that's wanting to go now that he's heard there's hockey. Except he doesn't live in Ohio, he says. Well, don't let the fact that you don't live in Ohio be any reason to prevent you from going to Ohio Linux Fest. Because if for no other reason, I will be there. Well, isn't there some way that somebody can get uh, Richard a a ride, at least up to Russ's, so that you can get to the Ohio Linux Fest? Trust me, it's worth it, gentlemen. I've, oh, I've already offered, and he says no. He says he can't just do it. Unfortunately, this is my busy time of year, and my schedule is full. And I've been trying to get to Dayton for 20 years. <laughs> well, I bet Beth Lynn can give us one concrete, one reason that will just change your mind. So what's what's that? What, what one reason would you give Richard that will just blow his mind and make him come to Ohio Linux Fest that well, we haven't heard so far? Well, if the 40 years of Unix doesn't do it for you and the excellent training program that we have lined up for system administrators, 
Did you ever get your Linux box going, or are you still struggling with that, Richard? Oh, me? Uh, let's see. Right now, around me, uh, just for recording, I have uh, one one Linux box running, one laptop, which I haven't messed with the operating system on. Shame on me. I have a Debian server sitting on the other side of the room that uh, is my file server. And down here on underneath me, I've got the uh, one that we're using for Skype, which is a dual boot machine. But uh, yes, ma'am, <laughs> in answer to your question. Well, yes, uh, the, this won't necessarily tempt you, but I, if this tempts any of your listeners out there, we have a Linux Basics class on Friday as well for people who are completely new to Linux, just don't have a Linux system at home, or perhaps somebody dropped a Linux system upon them and they're really not sure how to go from here. That's what the Linux Basics class is about. Now that's brought to you by an organization called Free Geek Columbus. And what they do is they go out into the community of Columbus, Ohio, and they deploy these uh, Linux systems at nonprofits. What they're willing to do for us, for the first 25 folks who register for the Linux Basics program, you get your very own Linux computer and eight hours of instruction as to how to use it. Well, that's pretty amazing. I like that. Uh, and I think uh, we we actually target um, real new users typically. I'm, a lot of people who listen to the show are amateur radio operators, but we have several, I'm sure, who are not. But our typical audience is a newer user, someone who's just switching over or, like you said, had that system dropped on them. And that sounds like an excellent opportunity. Uh, it's too bad it's limited as much as it is to 25 users out of a uh, thousand plus who may show up. But hopefully this is enough warning to get someone in on that. Now, how much would you say that would cost Russ and Richard? Um, I don't know if I could put a number on it, but uh, instruction doesn't come cheap typically, especially in a, in a trade show or, or a conference tutorial setting. Definitely. Definitely it doesn't come cheap. $250, and you get to take the PC home. And we feed you, too. (laughs) And so the whole thing is hands-on? I mean, everybody gets to, you know, from point A to point B, the whole eight hours? Absolutely. It's a, a grand tour of how do you use this thing, how to get onto the internet, how do you update your packages, what are you going to do when it's time to upgrade your distro. I definitely need to mention that the base distro is Ubuntu. And of course OpenOffice is included with the install and you're pretty much set up for anything that you'd want to do on the desktop. That sounds great to me. So if there was uh, one one reason you needed to go to Ohio Linux Fest, that can be the one. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I would need to know more about Rich to figure out what exactly would tempt him because, gee, we've got something for everybody. 
I, I think he would go if he could. I, I honestly do. Just having a room full of all the cranks would be enough to get him out of his chair, I think. Yeah, but. buddy, because we could get wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I should discuss the parties that we have. We have excellent parties uh, lined up. Uh, for one thing, I do need to mention that Xenos is sponsoring our pre-party. Xenos is a open-source monitoring system. They are doing a pretty bang-up job, giving us what we need to make that pre-party a great success. It's going to be at the legendary Barley's, which is a brew pub right across the street. Russ can tell you, you give me a room full of people and I start pinging off the walls, so that kind of place would be my kind of place. When is the pre-party from uh, Zenos? He never takes me anywhere. Friday, September 25th at 8 p.m. And I, if my understanding is correct, if you sign up for uh, some of the conference packages, you actually get free admission to that, yes? Absolutely. Pretty much a- a- anybody who's there just come on down just show up we're not going to kick you out just show up well how about that free party free free good time and who knows what else is going to happen over there but party's worth it if nothing else all that free stuff oh my god i've uh been (laughs) i've been with uh to several other trade shows where xenos has been around and or xenos and they give out a lot of stuff They, they like to bring stuff with them they're certainly not interested in taking it home. <laughs> That's true. And you guys have a lot of vendors there. I've seen uh, some from your list of sponsors, and I know there are going to be several other vendors, and you have the .org pavilion where you have all the open source. People keep calling it the .org pavilion. That is pretty much a ism of a proprietary company who likes to run trade shows, which we are not affiliated with. We are Ohio Linux Vesper 501c3, which we do put our .orgs together with the rest of the expo. We do not segregate them out, and we certainly do not discriminate against people who are under the age of 18 like other shows we are about community come as you are well my apologies for using a proprietary term i I go to too many conferences that deal with business related things and i've been to that particular one where they have that dot org p word thing so we'll refer to it as the dot org section of ohio linux fest well, you know, the other side of it is uh, one thing we learned as amateur radio operators, Russ and I both know this, and I'm glad to hear that the Linux guys know that also, is that you want to bring the kids in because uh, they start using computers at 9, 10, 11 years old, and if they start out on Linux, they're going to stay with Linux. Well, absolutely. In fact, we have a speaker who is only 17 years old. Her name is Elizabeth Garby, and she has been speaking at Linux conferences, I think, for the past four years now. She's gone even as far as Australia to talk about Linux, and we're really great to have her because maybe this might be a linchpin for some folks. 
she will be talking about how to pay for your college education by contributing to open source. How's that for a plan? Hey, that sounds great. I wish I had heard about that about 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, see, that's I, I hear about all these things. You know, one of the things that really gets me is uh, Chad Wallenberg's working so hard in that school district he works for, or the, that area he works for. To get uh, Linux boxes in the schools there, get the price, get the, he, he's pitching at his budget, but I know what he's doing. He's trying to get the kids on Linux boxes so, uh, they learn how to use open source, learn how to use and appreciate open source software, cause that's the kind of guy he is. Does Chad sometimes come on the show? He's a really good guy. Well, no, he's never been in, on our show. I'd like to have him on sometime. Uh, I've talked to him once or, ti- once or twice in IRC and, uh, that's about it. But, yep, he's definitely one of the ones we'd like to see on uh, Linux and Hamshack. Well, uh, I'm definitely excited to report. I think I talked about this before, that our one of our keynotes is Sean Powers. He happens to be a podcaster, too, where he does a podcast, basically a vlog, from Linux Journal, where... Every single week, there's a tech tip that is suitable even for people who are brand new to Linux because it usually just pops up a Unix, rather Ubuntu desktop and steps you through precisely what you want to do that the tech tip is themed upon and it makes it a non-scary experience playing right in front of you like that. Well, see, Linux Journal is one of those great tools. I follow them on Twitter, and uh, every time they pop a link in there, I go take a look at it. And more often than not, it's something that I can use. I also appreciate the fact I believe they're down in Houston, which uh, uh, any, anybody I can support in the state of Texas, I do. But, uh, yeah, almost everything that comes through, either via that, I think I had uh, their podcast coming in via the via iTunes for a while. Now I just said two things that were bad for a uh, Linux show, but I will continue on. Uh, I did have them coming in here. Unfortunately, I had to start paring stuff down because I had more podcasts than I had hours in a week. So <laughs> that was one of them that didn't quite make the cut. I think we've kind of run a lot longer than I thought we were going to on this. I definitely appreciate Beth Lynn coming in and giving us her time to talk with us about Ohio Linux Fest. And I'd like to give you another opportunity to give out the URL and say anything else you'd like to say in wrapping up. And we'll uh, try and let you go here so you don't have to spend all night talking to us. Well, it's quite a pleasure to speak with you gentlemen, and uh, if you want to have me back, I'll probably come back. The URL is www.ohiolinux.org. We offer free admission for most of our content, and you do not have to live in the state of Ohio to participate just come as you are we are about community the ohio linux fest well in fact you know uh, russ had a good point he's going to be up there why don't you uh 
you two get together and maybe see if y'all can't schedule something up where you can come back in and come back on. And I know Russ is going to want to do an OLF wrap up and uh, rub my nose in it. <laughs> and I definitely plan on having the audio gear with me. And we are actually going to have a booth in the .org section. So I'm going to hopefully interview as many people as I can get to sit down for a second in front of a microphone. Hopefully we'll meet up with Beth Lynn at some point. I am everywhere and nowhere at the same time, Russ. (laughs) So good luck catching me. (laughs) However, I'd like to know before I jet, how did you hear about the Linux Fest? Well, Ohio Linux Fest, uh, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm kind of sort of a pseudo honorary crank. And, uh, who was it? It was Monster B. Monster B sent me an email and asked me if we could run the, uh, promo for you. And I told him, no problem. Send it to us. And that kind of was the genesis of this particular interview, believe it or not. Yes, yeah, see, I don't get to be, I don't get to be an honorary crank. He keeps me out of that loop, uh, you know. Of course, I keep him out of the loop all the time, too, so. All you have to do is show up. You went to California without me. (laughs) You see how he is? You went to Oscon without me. Well, I'll tell you what, the Ohio Linux Fest is a whole lot more affordable than Oscon. And we are a whole lot closer to even you, Richard. Thank you once again, Beth Lynn, for coming in and uh, talking with us about Ohio Linux Fest. And we hope to talk with you again uh, either before or at the show. Well, awesome. And Beth Lynn, you are welcome on the show anytime you want to drop by. We will make a special spot for you. Well, excellent. There was something that I wanted to plug that I thought would be of more interest to the hammers than the the general community that enjoys the Ohio Linux Fest. There is going to be an exhibitor called the Idea Foundry. There's this crazy guy who is also giving a talk at the Ohio Linux Fest about the do-it-yourself sort of lifestyle. And he runs the Idea Foundry, which is a steampunk gym. They have what they call the Columbus Steampunk Factory there at the Idea Foundry, where you can basically give them money for a subscription to enjoy their power tools. And you go in there just like you would for a gym. Instead of exercise equipment, they have jigsaws and other soldering sorts of gizmos. And you can wire up whatever you want to wire up. Or if you want to do woodworking, that's cool with them too. And the reason why I'm so excited to plug them is, one, there's the talk that I was referring to before. It's called Open Source Software Plus Community Workshop Equals Democratized Design by Dr. Alex Bandar. This guy's got to be a mad scientist of some sort. It's going to be a fun talk. The second reason why I'm happy to plug 
the steampunk factory there in Columbus slash the idea of foundry is they are putting together for us a commemorative clock for our evening keynote speaker Dr. Doug McElroy. He is the genius behind Unix. He was the one who came up with the Unix philosophy of do one thing and do it right. Well, he's going to be talking about why Unix came together and we're so honored to have such a distinguished speaker with us that we had to do something for him. So we're giving him this clock. It's called the Good Geek Award, designed by the fine folks there at the Idea Foundry in Columbus, Ohio. Very much looking forward to seeing this clock and meeting Dr. Ben of the do-it-yourself community there in Columbus and also most definitely interested in our keynote that's Dr. Doug McElroy who will be receiving the Good Geek Award I'm looking to forward. commemorize the 40 years of Unix. I've got uh, an idea in my head what that clock might look uh, like I'm interested to see it myself. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there for that keynote. I've always enjoyed hammers, even though I've I've never actually been a hammer myself. I do appreciate the camaraderie that goes into continuing to ham and do your thing. So ham it up, gentlemen. We were the original open source people, believe it or not. And Russ and I have been invited to uh, do a do a slot on Hacker Public Radio. Uh, about uh, Linux and the amateur radio philosophy, uh, they do go hand in hand, and a lot of people don't know that. But once again, thank you for coming by, Bethlehem. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Have an excellent evening, gentlemen. You too. Oh, you bet.
darkness I cry Can you see me fall from grace inside Take away the darkness I cry Can you see the real me inside Wash away the tears of pride and night Take away the years and Let me answer a couple questions in the chat room real quick. The first one was uh, about basics. Why don't we do shows on basics? If you'll go back to the early episodes, we did quite extensively cover a big chunk of the basics. If there's something that you need covered, please send us an email, and we will get it into the show. We have no problem with that. It's like I tell uh, most of the folks that listen to us on a regular basis, over at Resonant Frequency, which is the other show I do, we're geared towards brand new people. That's geared towards brand new amateur radio operators. This one's geared towards brand new amateur radio operators and or brand new Linux users. So if you have a question, put it in an email, send it this way. And there was one more question, but everybody's talking about bad eyesight. Oh, the other question was, what is a crank? If you don't know, you're probably better off. No, uh, it's how you start a let, Model T, right? Let me <laughs> let me throw the disclaimer I always throw. Linux Cranks is a podcast, and if you decide after I tell you to go download it, please do not play it in front of your children or your boss because uh, it may not make for a happy ending. However, Linux Cranks is composed of a bunch of guys that get together on Saturday night. I do a Linux-related podcast, and they're all very knowledgeable and very intelligent. And if they don't know it, it probably doesn't deserve being known. It is uh, released in AUG format, so you will have to go to their website to download it. If you are using iTunes and an iPod, you probably won't be able to listen to it, unless, of course, you want to do some modifications to one, the other, or both. Uh, if you're using something like a Sansa Clip, Sansa Clip will play AUG, and uh, that's one of the main reasons I purchased one recently. However, these guys can be found in the chat room over at Freenode, uh, freenode.net, and it's uh, hash Linux Cranks. You can go to their website. I believe it's linuxcranks.info because Monster B has a thing about .info URLs. Let me check real quick. quick. I believe you're sorry. right on that. And I'm sorry that it sounds like I have, uh, what's his name, Fab's keyboard over here tonight. I don't know what's going on with that. But it is linuxcranks.info. And you can find out more about Linux Cranks. And I have no problem promoting these guys' show, just like Ohio Linux Fest, Self, unlike a lot of folks out there. I don't care if you listen to them as long as you listen to us, too. So, was that all the questions I was going to answer right then? I think so. I have a tip that I'll put in the show notes along with my other 200 things that I've said I'm going to put in the show notes and haven't about yeah. how to uh, play Vorbis files in iTunes. Because I did that what? the other day so I could listen to Linux Cranks using iTunes. Well, I normally just put uh, I put Rockbox on one of my iPods for a while and did it that way. Uh, did I say I use not... iTunes? I meant Banshee. 
<laughs> yeah, Banshee. I like Banshee. Banshee will convert. Uh, KJ4OHH says that, uh, he just, just picked up a eight gig, uh, uh, San, uh, Sansa Fuse for 39 bucks. Yes, and they were selling, uh, four gig clips over at buy.com and Newegg, uh, refurbs for 35. And that's where I got mine. All right. Let's do and, our wrap up so we can, uh, we can do the general chit chat and I can get moving here. All right, well, that pretty much wraps up another episode. We'd like to thank Beth Lynn from Ohio Linux Fest for uh, stopping by. We'd, we'd also like to thank all the guys that sent uh, sent in emails and suggestions and everything else, except for the guy about the noise gate. And we would also like to invite you to join us next time. Y'all make sure to make it up to uh, Ohio Linux Fest. And with any luck, I didn't close that window. Uh, y'all go over and check out uh, OhioLinuxFest.org. www.ohiolinux. Yeah, no fest in it. www.ohiolinux.org. And you can get all the information. That's up in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, y'all head up that direction. Uh, let's see. Shackbox. I do not have Shackbox URL up. But y'all go over and check out Shackbox. And y'all help. Uh, remember, it's an open source project, pretty much. And y'all go on over there and help her out. You know, uh, I'm not sure what a dollar translates to in euros, but I bet every bit counts because what he described to me is that he pays about the same for his server as I do for mine. And uh, it's all in the amateur radio spirit. Uh, let's see, do I have anything else to run my head about before we go? I don't think so, but maybe we'll let's see if Russ has something and then I'll catch up. Russ, have you got anything else, uh, URLs, suggestions, whatever, before we uh, head on out the door? No, not really, but this is our sort of Ohio Linux Fest episode, so make sure if you can get there, or if you can't, tell somebody else about it. It's the last weekend of September, September 25th and 26th, so get there if you can, and check it out at ohiolinux.org. Other than that, not really much to say, except I'm Russ, K5TUX. You can email me at K5TUX at blacksparrowmedia.com. You can follow me on Twitter, find me on Identica, and on just about every other social networking site using the moniker J.R. Woodman. Make sure to send us your comments, your feedback, your questions. We'll get to them as soon as we can. We now have a toll-free number for leaving voice comments, and like in this episode, we will get them on the air unless you tell us not to air them. That number is 888 888- Four five five zero three zero five. So give us a call and let us know what's on your mind about Linux, open source, and amateur radio. And with that, I'm going to send it back to Richard so he can close us out. Alrighty, and if y'all are uh, wanting to get in touch with me, send me a message, tw- uh, tweet me, dent me, whatever you'd like to do. I'm on 4,000 different social networks. Uh, Twitter, Identica, Friend Feeds, Facebook, you can probably find me there. Uh, look for KB5JBV and uh, it'll probably come up. If you prefer to send me an email, please send an email to KB5JBV at BlackSparrowMedia.com. BlackSparrowMedia.com. Or go to the forums at BlackSparrowMedia.com. Go on in, click on the link, go on into the forums and talk about Linux all you want to. If your radio operator want to learn about radio, go ahead and move up a little bit to the radio forums. That will work also. 
And last but not least, go on by the website and check out the schedule. We do record live. The schedule is normally posted at the website. Come on by and take a look. That is lhsinfo.org, lhsinfo.org. Come on by, check out the schedule, look around the site. We're starting to post a few things that the listeners are sending in. We're just having a ball. And with that, uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything we can cover, or at least we covered quite a bit of Ohio Linux Fest. Y'all go check it out. I'm down here in the bunker in Balt Springs, Texas, and Russ, take us on out with some music. All right. Well, beneath me is the music that's going to take us out, and I am live from the beautiful pine forest in north central Arkansas, and we will catch you all next time.